Hello, this is Brian from Living in the End Times with Amos and X. As always, thank you for listening. If you like what you're hearing, please be sure to follow us on social media. Give us a favorable rating on the podcast app of your choice, say CastBox or Podcast Republic. And most importantly, support us through Patreon at patreon.com slash endtimespodcast. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash endtimespodcast, one word. And thank you in advance.
coming at you live. And they're back. If you want to finish that cycle go to www.clutch.rules um so <clears throat> that was clutch escape from the prison planet from their self-titled album from 1990 something 95 and uh i was i was watching some i guess it's like a video essay about clutch it was called what happened to clutch which is odd because like mm-hmm. they were suggesting that they had a, a single in 92 too and then they like as though they disappeared but um if you would have heard it then then you would have kept up probably and well it's interesting there he's just quoting a bunch of interviews and stuff and neil fallon the lead singer was saying that like he liked metal but he, he was like perplexed as to why like this genre that you know was trying to sort of throw off convention had like such strict conventions that were like aesthetic conventions that were basically like boring and restrictive. Mm-hmm. Um, what I didn't realize is so clutch is from like Maryland. So Baltimore, I assume, or mm-hmm. something somewhere there, but like, you know, the East coast, it's all the same shit. Uh, the megalopolis. And he was saying that like, he was more interested in um, like DC bands, like minor threat and mm-hmm. Fugazi and stuff. And that was where a lot of political and, um aesthetic or well he i think he talked about going to a fugazi show and seeing them and just kind of like you know peel the paint off the walls um with no bullshit and like that they were totally kind of exposed and that was like inspiring and then just talking about some of the his his sort of version of storytelling and um you know what's kind of stuck with them like the the idea of a tall tale and so on and so it's interesting that like clutch is the only band that survived from all those like political dc bands um and then the best one obviously i mean yeah. on, let's be honest uh <laughs> disagreement here and uh like our our friends uh betrayed us and there was a clutch show <laughs> in april and we weren't told that they were going but you know that's uh so it so it goes and one of them tried to guilt trip me about it oh why didn't you go dude hey why don't you tell me you're going right you ever think of that um <laughs> so but yeah there's clutch is still going strong i haven't yeah. seen them when did we go 2010 i think Jeez, fargo i think so yeah, yeah. it's a long time ago well that was fantastic i've seen them mm-hmm. a few times um they never they never disappoint uh the the crowds disappoint because it's right. a lot of metalheads but yeah. uh but it's always nice that rare moment when you see somebody in a clutch shirt and then he can yeah like one time i was at technical school i taught at as you know you, like mostly it's like hungover nursing students and like um the just uh, some tradesmen which is fine but I saw somebody with a clutch shirt and it took me like five seconds to register. And I turn around and I go clutch rules. And he's like, yeah, dude, <laughs> like that. you just don't see it in the wild. Unfortunately, yeah. that often right. it takes a ter- certain type of uh, ethical 
meathead uh, to <laughs> appreciate clutch. Which yeah, is, which are in short supply around here, present yeah. company included. <laughs> yeah, don't no doubt. The I was going to say about that Fargo show we saw together. Um, I think it was the Dragonfly, the song from their uh, Elephant Riders uh, record. It's the last one. Could have been a swan on a glassy lake and all that. Uh, they played that, and I think that's in my top whatever live songs ever. It was just pitch perfect. I don't like. Mm-hmm. It was transcendent that particular song. Um, and that's, I mean, you're right about the DC thing. And I noticed that too, a long time ago, I think they're from, I think they officially say silver spring, Maryland, probably just mm-hmm. a suburb of Baltimore, um, which is right in that DC scene. You're right. And they were a part of that in a way. And I read somewhere that for whatever reason, they just never kind of jived with the discord and the DeSoto kind of records. And, and I can see why, cause they're, they're probably way better and more interesting. Uh, and those other bands maybe didn't, right. <laughs> True. <laughs> didn't hang out with them. But I mean, I point taken, like those other groups are are kind of gone but this group continues and and even back then and now in the 90s and, and after is and was making like incredibly interesting music that i think did things to me at a sort of intellectual level that even the fugazis didn't um right still, still like that stuff so yeah i mean and that's no no real shade to fugazi right which is obviously like the other really good band that came out of that the enduring band enduring influence that came out of that scene um like i i think i i never i shouldn't say that i guess i listen to waiting room record or that's what it's called right or whatever or 13 songs or something yeah that one that's the one i probably listen to a lot but um the documentary about them the song the songs off of there are insane like that glue man on that documentary just like blew my fucking mind um and yeah but anyway like clutch yeah clutch has made like they made a fucking fantastic uh like that record we pulled from is probably their most stonery stoner rock mm-hmm. record that's a lot about but it's cool obviously because it's about conspiracies and aliens and shit um but uh they made like a gospel record uh that robot hive exodus where they had like a pro- pretty prominent organ and then they made um a blues record that's really good uh um Beale Street to Oblivion or whatever. Um, and then obviously some just like more straightforward um like hard rock or whatever metal record like Pure Rock Fury. Um and then Blast Tyrant, which is more kind of I would say like a pop record almost. Um, but like it never they never disappoint. I mean, it just keeps going. Um so anyway, yeah, everyone should listen to Clutch and do so religiously. Uh, and they were chosen. Oh, I'm sorry. sorry. No, go ahead. No, I was no, just going to say, yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, apropos the subject matter of today's episode, we're gonna we're gonna get uh, we got a barn burner for you, dear listener. <laughs> we're gonna go. We're gonna get deep into it. Yeah, with the aliens. Oh yes, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I it's, it's all right. So we're beginning this um, expedition by discussing um, I think his name is Mike Mazzola or something uh, directed. Tw- is it 2018 or 2017? Uh, 17. 2017's uh, unacknowledged mm-hmm. in expose of uh, the world's greatest secret. So this is focused on 
Dr. Stephen Greer, who is, um, if you know anything about aliens or the UFO subject, is one of the primary voices. Sorry, I've lost my Zoom window. There we go. Um, and this is like a soft intro to the topic, but oh, one of the best, maybe the best. So uh, by the time this came out, I was already sort of immersed in this. Like I was very skeptical. I, I didn't really have an opinion on the UFO subject beyond like, I mean, really my only exposure to it probably like most people was just like you know bad hollywood movies not that the movies are always bad but the depictions of aliens are always pretty bad um honestly men in black is probably the only one where there was any sort of diversity in terms of like how these uh civilizations were perceived as like some sort of weird federation with like politics involved and stuff um where but men in black like those aren't good movies that's a paradox like that's that's those are bad movies with the kind of an interesting slant on it um and then like the good movies are like invasion of the body snatchers and stuff which is like the most terrifying maybe version of it and then obviously like x-files in the 90s which is just so fucking good um but even like the it's been so long. I can't speak with any certainty about it, but I just like the X-Files were more just about conspiracies mm-hmm. generally, or like what, what constituted um, what? Yeah. Just like, what is the government? Right. Like, what is it actually in, in a, in an ongoing like way trying to like, address that question and like that's a fantastic show because right. Mulder's pilled like Mulder's like black pilled um and then scully's like the scientific like you have to prove you know provide evidence so it's like a i guess a holmes and watson kind of deal a little bit um i tried to watch the last x-files movie recently wouldn't recommend it uh they make Mulder seem like completely insane which is weird because like the cool thing about X Files, even that first movie was like he was <laughs> he was basically always right. Mm-hmm. Like that that was the quote problem is that he was right, but he just could, like it was the the conspiracy was too big. So in some ways, Greer is kind of positioned like that in this film, except it's real uh, as far as we could tell. Now we we've ta- we've delved into this topic a little bit in the past and that was more when I was first getting acquainted with it um, in, in a more serious way. And so like before I, I don't even remember why I started. I think a friend was, somebody was into it who I was surprised about. And then I kind of me and my other friend kind of like together, both like got into it. Um, And we're both people who are pretty like serious about like, science and shit like that so uh like the when i there's a couple the unacknowledged the one we watched is fantastic it's like the best intro to this topic that there is um or well another one's come out since which i like the only reason i like the other one a little maybe a little bit more unacknowledged is better because it's more it's a broader 
picture of how dark the deep state is around this right. topic in the US. But the the one the, there's a doc called the phenomenon that came out like a year or two after this that what I like about that one where this one kind of like misses a little bit is uh, and it's nobody's fault. It's just the topic. So huge. Like we could do 10 hours on this and not even get anywhere. Um, but the phenomenon features a lot of uh, cases from outside the U S mm. so like, it's not this reductive, it, it, the, the, the potential of saying this is like a reductive approach is not there with the phenomenon because it's like, well, so we're all these Japanese and Russian and all like all, all over the world were all those aviators also lying. Like it's undeniable at that level. Uh, once you include this like international dimension, I think mm-hmm. um, now <clears throat> the, like I hadn't seen this probably since it came out. I rewatched um, the sequel to this, which is CE five close encounters of the fifth kind, which we'll talk about in a little bit, um, which is Greer's sort of like, like unacknowledged is you need to like, <laughs> this is what you need to understand to, to be able to swallow anything. Uh, once it gets into the science of consciousness, then we get into like terrain that a lot of people think is a bunch of woo shit, but there are lots of reasons to th- for, to be able to debunk that mm-hmm. um but like I, f- I forgot some of the stuff that was in here i forgot the stuff about like they directly referenced the kennedy link like that marilyn monroe was killed by the cia probably because she was going to expose stuff about this subject and uh and there's cia documents about that there's another cia document um sort of pointing to JFK when he was a sitting president as a threat around this topic as well. Now, probably this next thing is this is for another episode, but like we should probably talk about Oliver Stone's JFK documentary Mm. um, because it's so fantastic. But Oliver Stone's position is that the reason that the CIA killed Kennedy is uh, because of cuba because he wouldn't invade cuba like basically he was a threat to imperialist um efforts and that's i think that's a good enough reason um but i also think there's reason to believe that this is a a feature and we'll get into why in a minute but before i do that just to quote our brother in christ jesse ventura from a much crazier uh ufo alien documentary which is also good but not does not obey the rigors of Greer's method here um, called the cosmic secret. They interviewed Jesse Ventura about the JFK assassination. And he made the most prescient point, which he was like, if this is a lone gunman who is insane, then why would the government want to hide anything about it? That doesn't make any sense. And it's like, that's, there you go. That's the pride mm-hmm. that if you need to, if you need a reason to suspect anything, that yeah. would be it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the Oliver Stone documentary is chilling, like gives me chills just thinking about it. Like I'm fairly like I don't know hardly anything about the JFK case um, beyond Stone's films and some other podcasts and stuff. And if you want a deeper dive, listen to True Anon's four part series on JFK, which is great. But like one little anecdote 
well two things though the big thing in the stone film is like there were they were gonna kill kennedy <laughs> there was this there was assassination plots in tampa and chicago but for contingent reasons kennedy just didn't show up to those places and so mm-hmm. the dallas thing was just one in a series uh, in a sequence of attempts to take him out so they were gonna get him one way or another mm-hmm. the most terrifying thing so that's from the stone thing in the um in the Truanon thing, they talked about how Alan Dulles was in, I think he was in Dallas, literally running a war room the day Kennedy was killed. And there's a reason to believe plausibly that George H.W. Bush may have been one of the trigger men who took out <laughs> Kennedy. So, I mean, like, it gets so crazy. And and my friend of mine who's way deeper into that subject, he was really pissed off about the Trunon stuff because they didn't go nearly deep enough. <laughs> so like th- this stuff is fucking crazy. And it's very real. Um, and that's not because I say it, that's because like the evidence points that direction. Like the Stone documentary does like a surgical job of proving that number one, Oswald couldn't have even been on the floor that they said he was pulling the trigger they show that the, they demonstrate that the rifle they claimed killed kennedy was not even the same rifle that he owned like it wasn't even the same model so like in every step like everything's been debunked everything um exhaustively which is probably why no like only showtime would buy this and show it like stone couldn't get it distributed in the u.s even though he showed the fucker at, at Cannes film festival like i mean ridiculous um anyway but so back to the the ufo subject uh i think like well maybe i'll just ask you what what stood out to you first and then i'll talk about what i thought was really depressing yeah yeah yeah, no, happy to. The, um, I mean, the, the very general initial reaction is is great. I mean, I was very excited about this content in part because it, it seemed to reaffirm so much of the stuff I'd been thinking about for for many many years. But um, ironically, not because it's about aliens, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, the 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 background there is, um, you know, I'm a, certainly a believer in extra of intelligence off of this planet. I mean, it's almost, I don't think there's any doubt that there's something, there's other stuff out there. Um, now, whether there are little gray men that look like humans that are in a, you know, a lab in the U S and Roswell or something. I mean, I can't speak to that. Um, I don't know. Uh, but I, so, I mean, I, I remain somewhat skeptical about some of these quote sightings or other things locally, but very generally, I'm obviously a believer that this, this stuff can and, and does happen. You know, like the, that, uh, at, quote unquote asteroid from a couple of years ago, the Oumuamua that just kind of showed up and then it vanished, right? Uh, by Pluto mm-hmm. or where the hell that was. I like that kind of stuff. I don't, I don't, I don't dispute that 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 kind of stuff could very easily happen from some other civilization and probably does. Um, but what I liked about this particular film, then again, some of the um, Stephen Greer stuff, I mean, the alien specific stuff aside, was I feel like, all right, so I've been. I've been busting my, my ass for whatever, 30 years, uh, reading Noam Chomsky and trying to do all this, this, teach students in an honors program about literary and media criticism and sort of thinking critically about the deep state and all that stuff. And I feel like I haven't gotten anywhere, right? Mm. And then you got 
this guy where, I mean, this film where the UFO stuff in my reading is really just kind of the vehicle, pun intended. Uh, it's just a pretext to get at that critique of, um, of deep state and the CIA, the critique of media institutions and capitalism, the critique of all these industries that are contributing to uh, global warming in a horrifying way. Like, like it's delivering those messages to people, to kids, you know, teenagers, you know, the new generation in ways that even the manufacturing consent by Noam Chomsky could never get at, right? Couldn't quite speak to them in the same way. And it's, so it's, it strikes me as a brilliant, a brilliant way of getting that generalized critique of industry establishment and power um, to an audience in a way that's far more, it's, it's far more palatable. And it just seems, I mean, it's easier to sort of absorb that um, whether you buy the alien stuff or not, you come away thinking, man, yeah, we are getting fucked, you know, by the deep state mm -hmm. and by mm -hmm. industry and cat, like all that stuff. Um, and it pisses you off and it, I, I hope makes people want to sort of learn more and do something about it. Not just the UFO side of things, but, um, again, the, the political side of things. Um, and I think it's very effective in that regard. Right. Yeah. I was, I agree. I, I think, Again, I hadn't seen this movie in a few years, um, but I've been pretty invested in the topic since. And I think the thing that I was, I, I was thinking something similar, but just more like more from the other end, which is like, it, it would, it would shock me. I like the, the notion, first of all, the notion of a conspiracy theory is a CIA psyop. So like they demonize that that's pretty well known, but just to reiterate, like um, a conspiracy theory, that's a meaningless term. That's basically word salad. Yeah. And, uh, and what, I, what I mean by that is like the, like the guy who was involved with planning Kennedy's assassination, Alan Dulles was on the Warren commission. Like, that's not a conspiracy theory. That's right. real. Like right. that's a verifiable fact. Okay. So like, uh, and I've said, I made this point many, many times, but I'll make it again, which is like, you know, like Sam Tripoli on the Tim foil hat podcast says often, like they just never thought that we would have this much access to information. Yeah. Like that's why part of why all this stuff comes out, but more importantly, why we can put the pieces together. Like, you know, the, the sort of caricatured picture again of the, Kennedy assassination in the past was always just like, I mean, I don't know, like in some ways, Oliver Stone's 91 film JFK went a long way to waking people up, including me as a fucking nine year old or whatever. Um, like I've rewatched it since. And it's like, it's almost more shocking. Like when you watch it initially, if you're kind of a normie or whatever, um, it's not implausible at all. Like there's no crazy leaps or anything, but then uh, seeing it now, it's just like it, there, if you're an adult watching it, it would be interesting. I, I can't put myself in those shoes because I am internet brain, but like, I just wonder what that felt like, you know, for a 40 year old or whatever in 1991 to see that. Right. I mean, if you didn't know about it, cause we didn't have the internet. Our parents but now. Yeah. yeah. But now like, they've people have gone so deep on this. They like know all the possible shooters. They basically have narrowed it down. Like you have, it's the, the question of who literally did it kind of doesn't matter, but like they can even get very close 
you know, to figuring out the names of these people. So that's one. Um, but my thought was always like, and and I'm so I was I'm, I was framed that my the purpose of framing like that could the notion of a conspiracy theory is a CIA psyop is to attempt to debunk the notion that that's that it's at all crazy. Now you can obviously you can group a lot of things together. You can group crazy shit with not crazy shit. And they talk about this in the film. Like that one guy was like a lot of the stuff you might read in the tabloid headlines about aliens. Maybe some of it happened. They just make it sound crazy on purpose. Um, And so that's a risk. Like that's one of the dangers of like, if there's a social danger of QAnon, it's not because like some guy goes and kills a mob boss who gives a shit. Um, The problem is that it lends credence to the notion that if you ask certain types of questions, you're, you're crazy. Like that does the CIA's job for it, which is why some people think it's an egg. Like Alex Jones was asked who's Q. And he's like, it's just an aggregation of all these psyops and stuff. Now I think, I don't think that's the whole story. I think you can figure out who did it. Like in that Q down the rabbit hole documentary, does a good job of that. It's, it's Ron Watkins. It's just this fucking, of course, it's just some fucking like, slightly creepy weeb meaning like dork who's obsessed with japanese culture but who's also maybe into weird sex stuff that's hinted you know like dark stuff like why you live in the philippines you know or why does your dad live in the philippines and blah 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 he lives in japan but so he did that see i will say this heroically and i'm using kind of scare quotes there ron watkins actually moved to japan he actually did it he actually went and got the presumably Japanese wife or whatever. Like he, you know, he didn't just go on 4chan. He made, he, (laughs) he deployed QAnon and, you know, contributed to the hilarious capital riots. Um, Anyway, but like, so that's the risk is like, because once you, once you kind of like turn conspiracism into that, then it's, it becomes so porous and so malleable that like anybody can get away with anything. And then it, it sort of, it honestly waters down the stuff that's more real, like, Mm -hmm. um, and then it becomes, unless, you know, it's, it's interesting. Like your point about Chomsky and like trying to teach people, like that was always my set, like the kind of, I felt the defeatism, early on in college of like, what's the end game here? Am I going to go teach like middle upper middle-class kids how to watch movies? Now I think there's value in that. Um, but the paradox is like, you know, we, you and I and other people involved in like academic left back then in the early two thousands was like, everything was focused on the media um, because for good reason, I mean, for materialist reasons, like, you can argue that it doesn't go far enough or it's not like the, it's not the final answer, which it certainly isn't, but like just this over, I mean, this is coming in the wake of like the media consolidation that had been heretofore in a democratic society, like unimaginable, basically Um, at least in the modern, you know, relatively speaking in the modern period. And so that, that is and was the battle the battlefield you know like the idea of an info war is that is true like you know again how many times do i have to wear the alex jones was right shirt like the the basic premise is correct that like this is 
you know, the battle for hearts and minds is like the fundamental battle in, you know, post-industrial societies. Like that's just, or I guess we shouldn't even call them post-industrial. They're de-industrialized societies, but um, modern Western countries. And so, well, not just the West, but like, the 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 we live in the west so that's what i'm speaking to the anglo west um and so like you're right that like as the greer is a good way into like asking those questions but like i thought about it from the other angle which is like if let's say you're into all that context was just to say like um to frame properly or whatever that if you're going to go down this rabbit hole and you're going to decide that what you're being told is not true, which is a good place to start. If you're not willing to go as far as like, like, like I keep talking about the Kennedy assassination, cause that's kind of like the easiest way. That's the one where most people are very skeptical. Um, this number two would be like nine 11, probably um, also great reasons to be skeptical there. Uh, and there are many, but like, if you're going to buy into that, then why wouldn't you like, meaning if you think the CIA is doing domestic operations up to and including blowing up the world trade centers in, in, you know, along with the Mossad um, to create a false flag, like to deploy a war on terror that never ends to buttress the military industrial complex as coffers for 20 two years in running then why wouldn't you take just like a half step further and say well also there's all this secret technology that they're trying to conceal because if they didn't they would lose control of the economy and everything else Mm -hmm. so like even from that angle like you you would be almost insane to like if you think building seven was imploded if you think the trade centers were bombed uh like that they were there were controlled demolitions, which you probably should. And if you don't believe me, check out architects and engineers for nine 11 truth. It's very compelling. Um, like all of those like factors and, and that the fucking CIA was involved with a coup to overthrow the U S government by killing John F. Kennedy. Then why, why draw the line there? And I think like, so it, it takes, the paradox is like it takes balls kind of to to openly admit that you buy Stephen Greer's uh, version of events, which you should. There's a lot of evidence like he's, you know, the first act in the film is called an abundance of riches that like which is a quote from some higher up who was like, you know, there's so uh, somebody who's involved with Project Blue Book. He was, you know, like saying it's or an embarrassment of riches, like that there's so much evidence, like it's, you know, it's laughable to even question the lack thereof. Um, I think, but your point is well taken too. that, like, if, if this is a simpler way in, which it is, or a more elegant way into all these things, then taking the, you know, the, the harder angle of like, I don't know, which I've done my fair share of trying to kind of demonstrate to people that what they're being told is false and falsifying that, you know, in direct terms and explaining the, the reason why the press is suspect that mainstream media is like a basket of lies and a, and a bundle of spies. Like the, 
you know, those things are verifiable. Um, but getting people to listen to that is almost impossible. I mean, it, it, it isn't really impossible, but they're not necessarily going to admit that they, they believe you until much later. Um, and so like, but with this, I think according to Greer, like something like 700 million people have seen this movie. So like the vast majority of the U S population, I think it's like two thirds believes that aliens are real and they're visiting earth or whatever. Um, so, you know, and there's, there was a fucking four part, like showtime four hour documentary about aliens, uh, UFO, the UFO phenomenon. So it is, it has become mainstream and that's probably honestly because Trump broke the media's back. Uh, and a lot of things got in that would never have gotten in. Um, it gets complicated. Like, and I don't, my intent here is not to necessarily, I don't, I'm not here to debate. I mean, we're in agreement, but just in general, like debate whether or not this is real. It's real. Like Greer's point he made in another documentary was like the whole point of doing the disclosure project, which happened shortly before nine 11, uh, was where he brought in all these, you know, higher ups in the air force and military and industry and stuff to testify at the national press club to the fact that like they had either encounters or a lot of evidence, um, demonstrating that we're in possession of alien, you know, crashed alien craft or materials bodies. Um, and that the U S is back engineered some of these, uh, some of this technology, um, where it gets tricky is like the disclosures that have happened in the New York times, the stuff about the Tic Tac and all that Greer released a free documentary on YouTube called the cosmic hoax, where his claim is that all of these things that the, uh, this, this, the national security state and the military are releasing to the public are, these are all reverse engine. These are our craft that we developed based on alien technology. So he claims that the Tic Tac is actually like inside. So it looks like a little pill or not a little pill, but it looks like a pill that flies around and can uh, is, is utilizing physics. We can't reproduce. Mm. Um, and the way his claim is that like, basically there's an, there's a smaller uh, pod inside that, larger pod that we can see and in between those two like you can use vacuums and electromagnetic uh you can manipulate um gravity by kind of like using this uh this tech that we you know that is reproduced from alien vehicles um and that and that's why well there's basically it's like you're creating a the physics get complicated and it's beyond what I can explain off the top of my head, but effectively like you can create this sort of micro this, this tiny wormhole where you can jump. You can, how, how can it go from here to 40,000 or whatever? Like, like how fast was it? 40,000 miles an hour is basically how fast it was going. Like, how can you do that? Unless you have physics that we, how is it making a left turn at, 10,000 miles an hour or whatever uh, that has to do with being able to, you know, bend space time effectively. And the, the, the idea being that this is the tech 
the the tech exists to do that. The question is who whose is it? His claim is that they're preparing the public for an unrolling of like basically they're going to roll out that we have this technology and that we we back engineered it from alien from aliens so that like and that this will justify a military presence in space. Um okay, take or leave that, but what's what what's undeniable about these you know because like in this film they show like examples of like verified radar readings of like these crafts moving around and then there's the famous david fravor tic-tac encounter off the nimitz or off the uss nimitz in san diego in like 2004 or whatever that there's video of um that everyone's seen those in the new york times and fravor um it's weird because in some interview, like in the Rogan interview, you don't get a good sense of what would happen, honestly. Like it's because Rogan's such a fucking knucklehead. Like he intentional, it's like he's intentionally dumbing it down beyond the point where it's comprehensible. But in other interviews, Fravers explained more fluidly like what was happening. And one of the scariest things is they were they were tracking the the tic tac and then it disappeared. Like they got a lock on it, and then it like it seemed, you know, just exploded out of the sky uh, you know out of earth's atmosphere and then so he circled back to go to like their next uh um they were doing military exercises and fighter jets and uh going to their next like rendezvous point and the fucking thing was waiting for them so it knew what where they were headed and that's the fucking crazy shit so like now we have to get a little deeper and get a little crazier. So um, this is where if, if we're abandoning our version of physics and not saying like, so that there are physicists who have, who are interested in this topic, who've looked into it, who suggest that like the standard model of physics can work with these craft. The standard model of physics can work with time travel. Um it's just that we, you know, the way that we get there is like different than, you know, what would have been expected, uh, let's say, with the standard model. <clears throat> um, now, so I watched this other, I watched this wonderful show called The Secret of Skinwalker Ranch. Skinwalker Ranch is, there's a great uh, documentary called The Hunt for S the Skinwalker, um, <laughs> which is Skinwalker Ranch is this, uh, it's in Northeast Utah. Um you know, like looks like just a ranch with like a like a mesa, like a hill or whatever. It's kind of arid, but there's all this insane phenomena, like endless amounts of UFO sightings, like constantly. Like the, in the documentary, they interview locals and they're just like, "Look, you, we don't care if you believe us. Like we've seen the shit all the time. Like go there, you'll see it." Um, very weird stuff, like um. In the, the Hunt for a Skinwalker Ranch, or, or sorry, Secret of Skinwalker Ranch show, these science, this scientist is the lead investigator, and then he's got this team of people. Now, it's a reality show, so it seems like, like, like the way that it's structured is like kind of looks cheesy, but then like you start to see the phenomena that they're documenting with, like they have all these like radiation and electromagnetism readings and like GPS and video and all this stuff. On the third season, the season premiere just happened. They were, they've located this 
there's this region of the ranch that has all this activity and if they shoot rockets and we're talking about like hobby rockets up through this point in in the sky ufos start appearing <laughs> like just like nothing and so you can trigger these things to happen so they started um they have a helicopter and they were gonna they're trying to fly over that point and then they started getting proximity warnings uh the the helicopter was going off this was the end of last season they were like he's like it says something was 40 feet below us in the beginning of this season they go look at the video there's these <laughs> there's objects flying directly under the the helicopter like back and forth um so they're they're pissing off some presence right well they they it got super fucking crazy and there's been it's been theorized that this is some wormhole or portal or something like and on this ranch like there's been extensive amounts of money put into researching this by real scientists and they they kept getting quote like outsmarted by whatever's going on like they go to try to test something the thing would like thwart it or fuck up their their instruments or somebody would get like a migraine and then they go to the fucking doctor and they have like a growth in their head, like out of nowhere, like very bizarre, crazy shit. They can't explain. So they, they fly above the point there. They, they go through the point, which is like a mile off uh, the ground, like five, 6,000 feet above the surface. And they have these little bottles with like, um, that are brightly colored and they hang flags off them. They have like GPS uh, sensors inside of them. They start, they, they get above the point that they want to drop it, which is called the triangle where all this happens. And then they're told on their GPS in their helicopter and they can see it looking at the ground. Well, first they think they're above that point because of what the GPS tells them in the helicopter. And they look down and they're not. And then the people on the ground are like, you're not, you're nowhere near there. So they go and they line it up. They eyeball it and they're hovering above the point in this triangle that they want to get to. And then they start throwing these um, GPS things down. They have like 25 of them. The, the, the wind would have, <laughs> the way the wind was blowing should have blown them, let's say North, but they just, they all go south <laughs> like, and the pilot's like how is this happening there's no physical forces that should have this happening they go look at the data they were not where they appeared to be so like the gps is reading that they're somewhere else even though he can see straight down where exactly where they are so they hmm. they were went through some fucking portal or something happened where they weren't where they even like saw that they were so like that's where the physics gets fucking crazy um no that might not be totally clear what i just said you have to like watch the episode to see it but like i'm saying all this because in order for thing objects to fly around in physical space and make left turns at ten thousand miles an hour without killing the host you have to either create which we theoretically now they've or not theoretically, they've proven that they can create warp drives. And what a warp drive is, is basically like, you're just, you're, you're, you're creating an electromagnetic field that allows you to defy normal physics. So like wind resistance, velocity, all those things don't matter because you're able to move through uh, space time frictionlessly. Uh, we, we haven't scaled that to the size of a, a craft uh, according to the, what's publicly available in the physics, but 
uh, we've proven that that's possible. So you can create a warp bubble, which would uh, allow you to basically you manipulate space time. Now, Bob mm-hmm. Lazar, who is one of the most famous uh, whistleblowers who was tormented, you know, has been tormented mm-hmm. for decades uh, as a result of this. And referenced in our clutch to <laughs> the beginning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Bob Lazar, who was at Area 51 S4, um, who if you watch that, that Bob Lazar documentary is not that good, but elements of it are very good there are things in there that he could not have made up like there's this crazy thing where like before they had good fingerprint biometrics they were using they would scan the bones in your hand to prove your identity and lazar had talked about this for decades and then they fucking found it they found the the machine that they were using um and anyway like that that's a whole nother story but like Lazar talks about a gravity engine uh, or something like that. And so Greer talks about how like there's CIA documents that have been released that like prove that or internal government documents that were once classified saying like we have mastered anti-gravity tech in like 1960. If you can do anti-gravity tech in 1960, there goes the oil industry. It's gone. Mm -hmm. All, all traditional forms of like energy generation are meaningless at that point because now you have the ability to travel with uh, using energy out of the sky, the zero point energy they talk about in the film. Um, so now you might say like, oh, isn't that convenient? There's just all this secret hidden tech that would solve all our problems. Well, it is convenient. I agree with that. But like, again, we have to like look at how they dismantled nuclear, the nuclear industry by with propaganda like we talked about it nauseum at this on the show um that's just for nuclear that's something that's like people that exists and people know about and probably don't realize that a lot of their cities are run by it uh with no problems but they had to dismantle that because that was too much of a threat to the oil industry again like backing up to so greer calls the last hundred the 20th century the lost century because Mm -hmm. we've had since tesla the ability to just pull energy out of the atmosphere um and you saw what happened to tesla so the 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 idea that like once we have that ability and then once we have these alien craft that very plausibly show up right when humans start to set off nuclear weapons. I mean, that's not, does not seem coincidental. Uh, we talked on the show about, and they talk about in this film, um, uh, nuclear warheads shot down by UFOs in mid flight, like test flights, but shot down. Obviously this is a warning. Obviously this is stop fucking around. Um, from whoever is out, you know, mm-hmm. whoever is monitoring us, whatever is monitoring us. Uh, it, unexplainables. We're talking about th- these are mid flight, extremely fast rockets. And I think there's video footage that we talked about at one point of like, you see this, this object sort of circling around, shooting fucking lasers at the warhead and shooting it out of the air. Um, so there's that. Um, but like backing up to like, again, the, the CIA and the predecessor, the OSS, the, one of the sort of best sequences of Chapo episodes is when they're talking about, um, the Bush family and how like the, 
the series is called it's like poppy part one two and three or something which is very annoying but you know whatever they're kind of annoying so um but they talk about how modern espionage was not developed at the level of the state it was developed within the oil industry it was it began as corporate espionage in the 20s um you know getting intel on other companies presumably sabotaging and you know dirty tricks and all that fun tradecraft shit um so if if the if the modern cia was developed out of a bunch of wall street lawyers protecting wall street's uh angle you know protecting their interests in government like that's why the oss formed um then it stands to reason that the oil industry's you know sort of the beginning stages of modern espionage originating protecting the interests of the energy industry and that determining you know all foreign policy for the next hundred years it is not not only is it not implausible to imagine that if there are there's better technologies available that it will get suppressed crushed the people will get killed taken out or silenced or bought off or whatever then we we definitely can't there's no way then to disprove any of this meaning that's a bad way to put it but what i'm saying is like if we know the oil industry will do anything within their power to fossil fuels in general but like uh oil industry in particular to retain their dominance over life on earth over the economies of the globe then why wouldn't they try to suppress any challenge to that and the answer is of course they would so if you have then greer citing all of these sources internal to the cia internal to the government um but also within industry like all these people who are kind of unimpeachable sources including fucking astronauts like if these craft are out there if they're contacting us if they're showing up here that means that alternative tech is possible and it's being deployed if Greer's to be believed and it makes it you know like it makes sense it, it was always suspicious to me how when i thought through it like you know once i got more pilled in this arena around this topic why why if you're going to roll out alien tech this is how you do it is you create a fake national security threat um with a lot of hard evidence and then later say oh actually this is ours actually we're able to do this um that that seems like the way that you would do it and then you turn it into a defense question rather than what it really is which is the solution to all our problems literally um and there are you know there are examples of like free energy technologies or you know alternate energy technologies where the people have just been killed you know or there've been the the patents have been suppressed i think there's something like there's thousands of us patents that the military has basically you know seized and made top secret um you know why <laughs> well because it's a threat to somebody's interest and like that's so that's you know back to what i was saying earlier like if you're going to believe in a quote-unquote conspiracy this is the one to hang your hat on mm-hmm. because it 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 solves for everything right and which is i think your point where it's just like if you can buy this and i'm saying you should but if you can't if you can swallow this then everything else follows 
all you know all this like uh we were in the midst of trying to start world war three right now over literally a concocted problem that's been mm-hmm. cultivated by the CIA and the in U.S. interests uh, up to and including Joe, Joe and Hunter Biden, but obviously Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama. Um, we are fighting. We, they are trying to reignite a Cold War with Russia um, that is totally unnecessary and in the process artificially inflating the prices of everything so that the corporations in, in BlackRock and fucking Klaus Schwab can get their and Bill Gates can get their wish, which is total global control of the population. Okay. Like I, you don't have to believe in reptilians uh, to buy this crazy, insane, like globalist cabal trying to run everything. Cause they're just saying it out loud. Mm-hmm. I mean, Alex, what Alex Jones has been talking about for a decade is now beginning to just overlap with what's being more and more reported in alternative presses on all sides of the political spectrum, like to the point where Marjorie Taylor Greene, who by most people's definition is a crazy person. um, I think she's very funny. Uh, She's the QAnon congresswoman or one of them. She gets on. Jimmy Dore did this wonderful video where he's like, pull up uh, the lyrics to Whitey on the moon and Marjorie Taylor green, but Whitey on the moon being that Gil Scott Heron uh, sort mm. of spoken word thing where he's like, you know, my sister can't afford to the doctor, go to the doctor, but Whitey's on the moon. Like, all, like, you know, we're getting stabbed in the hood, but Whitey's on the moon, blah, blah, blah. And this is in the late sixties, obviously, or early seventies. She gave a speech that sounded eerily close to that. She's like, why are we giving $40 billion to the Ukraine when mothers can't find formula for their children? Why are we doing X, Y, Z when mothers can't find formula for their children? Like, and you look, you hear that and you go, who the fuck could argue with this? What American would argue with this? And the only people who would are the most craven State Department fucking ghouls or their, you know, Twitter, uh, their, 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 their Twitter minions or just like disgusting white liberal women who, you know, are soulless. And so like, and the, those, those, uh, those two obviously overlap, but like the, the point I'm making is just like the conspiracy. This is like the, the pro, you know, the quote unquote problem with making fun of Trump is like, he's funnier than all these people, but also like he, part of his, he was willing to go further than, than they were like, he wasn't a coward at that level. Like, I think that's a, another dimension of Trump that people like really miss is like, they don't what, or what pisses them off is their pussies. And he wasn't at least not at that level. And I would, I would posit that like, again, I think I said this earlier, but just to reiterate, like, Trump's like brazen, not giving a fuck about anything, opened the door for these sorts of things to become palatable in the American mind because the liberals went in truly insane in in the years since Trump was elected. And it's gotten worse since Biden's been in office, which I think is probably predicted on the show. Um, and so, like, all I'm saying is, like, you know, I'm sort of just making the argument which is maybe just like, maybe I don't even need to make it at, at this point, but uh, 
there's no reason not to believe that there's suppressed technologies that could get us out of the mess that we're in because it's far too profitable to, to for too many people and their grip on power is too strong for these things not to be deployed. And if you don't want to talk about secret a secret space program, fine. Let's just talk about why they won't give us Medicare for all. Why won't they fix the fucking water in not just Flint, Michigan, but all over the country? Why won't they give people free college? All of these things would make the economy explosively more productive. Um, it would lift everyone out of poverty. You could like we gave 40. I mean, I don't need conspiracy theories. We just wrote a check for 40 billion dollars to the Ukraine. That is literally an open slush fund for the State Department and the CIA. I mean, it's written in there. And this is just a giveaway to Raytheon, et cetera. Like now, cynics might say, well, $40 billion. I mean, we're already spending $800 billion a year. Right. But $40 billion, the amount, I think we've already given closer to $120 billion total. They just give another 30, 40 every couple months. We've already poured more money into the Ukraine than the Russian military spends on their entire apparatus in one year. Mm-hmm. And the only people criticizing it are Marjorie Taylor Greene, Tucker Carlson, fucking J.D. Vance, and uh, some dipshit from Texas. And it's like, I did I want to wake up in the morning agreeing with Marjorie Taylor Greene? Not really. I mean, it's funny. I don't really care at this point anymore. All these people are fucking ghouls. I mean, AOC, Ilhan Omar, all these fucking supposed leftists, they're all voting for this money. So fuck them. They're all full of shit. They're scum, which is well known. But the point being like, I don't even need a secret space program to prove how dark and nefarious all this is. But the fact of one existing is not surprising. I think that should be the real takeaway is like, yeah. this is implausible. Like, and that's probably why two thirds of the population thinks aliens are real and they're here because like, it's, it's not implausible. It's only implausible <laughs> if you are again, like so deluded and Trump brained that like, like I'll give you an example. I posted a picture of this screenshot from Jimmy Dore where like there, there was some poll where it, it said like something like 50, 58% of Americans <laughs> would rather see Joe Biden leave office than Vladimir Putin be taken out of power <laughs> or 53% or something like that. And then some, somebody who I like, who's like, or strangely like a Zizekian German older, you know, boomer lady, she goes, see how, see how many people, still love Trump. And it's just like, what the fuck? You're, you're literally an insane person. This says the majority of the population of the U S wants Biden to leave office, not to get elected out of office, but to quit. He, they want him to quit the presidency and they'd rather have that happen than Putin being taken out of power. That has nothing to do with Trump by the, the establishment stories that Joe Biden won the election. Now, effectively it was tied, but still, the if you if we claim to live in a democracy then biden won yet people still want him out of office his his approval rating is shit because he hasn't done anything and because chicken is twice as expensive as it was four months ago like things are not fucking going well and it's manufactured so i think like that's kind of the i think that's a broad picture that we should take away from any of this is like if you're willing to go down this road. And I think everyone should like 
the question is like, what future could we have if they were unleashing the tech that, I mean, if they were just unleashing nuclear as it, it, as it stands, we would already have like compared to this, a fucking utopia, Mm -hmm. Um, but they won't even do that. So of course they're not going to talk about this. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, And I agree with you that, I mean, that is the takeaway. And so uh, as it's maybe clear, so I'm, I'm newer to this, this topic perhaps than you, but I, um, I, I I retain that kernel of skepticism with this stuff, not because I don't believe in uh, UFOs or that, you know, that there's um, extraterrestrial intelligence out there or here, but because, I mean, for that, it's sort of this ironic self, um, I guess, generating thing, sui generi, and and I think the film gets at this with the CIA, um, in this 21st century with social media and with CIA cover-ups and all these other things that we know have happened, like, I'm not even sure, and deep fakes and all that, like, I don't even know what's true anymore, right? I don't know which of these particular um, incidents aren't a PSYOP, right? If Mm -hmm. January 6th was, maybe... um, the that particular general or this astronaut is also this and like it's part of a way of distracting me or something so i retain that uh that sort of desire to just you know back off just a bit and you know have it hold it at arm's length but having said that i absolutely agree with you that the the takeaway is that it's hard not to believe i do believe there's there's technology that could solve these problems whether it's alien or not i don't know but it's being suppressed for these global mm-hmm. capitalist right. reasons and that's and that's i don't think that's disputable at this point and i think the film again allows us an entree into that argument in a way that's um i mean that's very uh, easy to take which i think is important again for the particularly the next generation of, of people coming up behind us but um even you know people our age who again are just for whatever reason are not really going to do the chomsky thing are not are aren't going to read zizek or whatever so right yeah and i mean the skepticism makes sense um and it should be courted or whatever like uh i would just add as like a in, in like you said you're newer to it but like Greer. So, so first of all, the, the question of the psyop thing is important um, for obvious reasons. Like, what isn't what what then is or is not a psyop is hard to distinguish. But that Richard Doty guy, the mustache guy, they interview with the glasses. Yeah. Yep. He he was a he was running those psyops, and um, he talked. There's a an extensive interview with Greer on his on Greer's YouTube page that I recommend to anyone. Um, they pulled clips from it for this documentary, but. He talks about how they would like, uh, well, he talks in the film about how they were paying off journalists. Um, but we know from like congressional committees that journalists have been paid off by the CIA or CIA has been embedded in journalism since probably they started. Mm -hmm. Um, but specific, I I think it's operation paperclip or is, uh, Northwoods or whatever it was. Um, church committee etc expose this but like the he talks about how like one of the way one of the best disinformation tactics is like you basically take something that happened and then you kind of admit to part of it and then you you add you lie you insert lies into it so that it um discredits people or whatever or you mm-hmm. fuck with you do fake shit and then you try to convince certain people that that was real so then when it yeah. be, that gets exposed they look crazy like there's a lot of obvious manipulations that can happen so that that's important the 
Greer's solution to this is twofold. And this is addressed in uh, Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind movie, where the protocols he describes in Unacknowledged, uh, he says, basically, we have to crowdsource this. We can't rely on anybody in the government or corporate. Like people can be either corrupted or they're just they're scared. So uh, CE5 is so Close Encounters of the First Kind is where I think you see something. Uh, Close Encounters of the Second Kind. I don't remember all the stages. The third kind is where you get contacted by aliens. The fourth kind is where you get abducted or whatever. But the fifth kind is where you go, you contact the aliens. And so in Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind, there's all this footage that's indisputable. I mean, you see it and like, it's not faked. Like it's so like a lot of this stuff has happened in the last few years where everyone has really good cameras and all this stuff. And he goes through all these examples, but basically he developed these protocols where using kind of a form of meditation, um, you can contact aliens, civilizations, and they just appear uh, like craft or lights or whatever. Uh, sometimes like sort of these astral beings that look kind of, they don't look totally human, but they look, they have recognizable features and stuff. Um, and if you think that's crazy, I encourage you to watch this documentary, which is also on Amazon prime. Uh, it's fucking wild. And there's an app called the C five contact app. It's like 10 bucks or something where you can like you and your friends can get together and pra practice these protocols. And then, basically get aliens to show up <laughs> uh i haven't done it yet because due to emotional reasons i've not been in a headspace to try but like uh for like to me that's the you want to prove that it's real then go literally summon them yourselves you know like in that everyone can do this and his his gambit is that he, his claim is that for the the alien civilizations like they need like 1% of the population to kind of get pilled and then they'll, th then they will have decided that that's enough, that that's the tipping point. Um, and then they'll, they'll initiate more direct ongoing contact and that people need to kind of see themselves as ambassadors to these civilizations. So I think that uh, you, you can, we can quibble about the politics of that as such, at a practical level, but like, I think that's how the skepticism gets debunked. And then the other, the other side of that is um, he Greer's in contact with people who have uh, tech zero point energy tech, whether it's alien or not, they've either developed it themselves or they've back engineered it. He's trying to get them to engage in open source development of these technologies so that everyone can see that it's so basically like trying to do real science the way science is supposed to operate. Jonas Salk shit, where you 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 create something that solves all these problems and then you just release it to the public domain in a way that can't be controlled. Mm -hmm. um, that's how you prove this. That's how you that's how we change this. You know, and again, you we can argue with that or not, but I think I think your skepticism is correct, and the way out of it is what he describes basically, and what he's trying to initiate. Because the the interesting thing about 
the reason like more aliens will show up or UFOs will show up if you have more people doing it is because it's kind of this aggregate thing. Now, this gets us into the very deep shit. Now, we, we probably don't have time to go all the way in, but if you want to watch some wild shit, watch this series of videos I sent to uh, my my co-host here uh, called CIA Declassified. Uh, it's talking about the gateway method. And so people maybe heard of remote viewing. Now, remote viewing sounds very crazy, and it sounds like either woo shit or just real conspiracies where basically people can be trained to kind of uh, in, in a non-local fashion have this effective out-of-body experience that they're in control of um, where they can see what's going on at other locations around the globe or if they get good enough at it in the universe. Uh, the CIA declassified. Now, to me, the remote viewing stuff was always a little bit like, what are we doing here? Like this, like that seems like very easily to be a bunch of bullshit to me. Um, but this, so this CIA declassified YouTube thing, this is based on declassified CIA documents from 1983, I believe, where they deploy this gateway method, which is effectively a, a meditation, meditative practice, but it's based on these scientific principles where you can kind of induce certain uh, certain um, brainwave states via just using certain frequencies. Um, so the it has to do with like if the brain hears two disparate frequencies, like one in each ear, it will it will kind of regulate its it, it will balance that out so that you're hearing what sounds like the same sound. But in order to do that, the brain has to change its, um, you know, the wavelength on which it's operating. And what you can do is, uh, or what, what this, if you do this in the right way, it's sort of a hack where you can try to sync the brain hemispheres so that the brainwave patterns are matching across both hemispheres. And there's, they show like fMRIs of this. Um, also this like, it gets very deep and it's very complex, but they have physics to back this up um, as well. And then, and then what gets real fucking crazy is when basically like the, they're, they're accounting for how remote viewing and the like is possible physically is basically like, and this is what kind of Tesla figured out the, the ionosphere uh, functions as almost this huge antenna and human the 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 wavelength at which that's sort of fluctuating and the wavelength at which the human brain is operating are close enough that with a little bit of practice the ionosphere becomes the perfect medium for telepathic communication between humans um Okay, already sounds crazy. I agree. <laughs> it gets crazier. So then, like, <laughs> you talk about the plan, um, they talk about how waves and particles work. And Planck's length is basically like wavelengths, they oscillate. And if you measure that, there's a certain, there's a certain distance wherein we operate in what we understand as normal reality. But if you dip below or above that, and that happens in every, at every oscillation, you're literally, if you can tune into those wavelengths and stay at those wavelengths, you can literally be outside of this physical world. Uh, and so this gateway method 
trains people to get their brains to, you know, operate at those wavelengths. And then you can thereby like engage in non-local travel. Um, I understand that this sounds crazy because it is crazy um, by definition, but like they go to great lengths to sort of demonstrate like how this is physically possible, how it doesn't violate the standard model of physics, how even some of the things Einstein suggested about sort of, it was almost like what pissed him off, (laughs) you know, like his whole spooky action at a distance thing. Like he didn't like it. (laughs) He was like, we're I have to draw this conclusion, but it's okay. like it sucks. I don't yeah. like it. Right. I'm trying to explain this, not make this weirder. Um, and so, like, my friend, I found this CIA declassified shit, and I sent it to my friend who's like a, a deep diver. And he uh he then went and did some more. He did the you can the tapes are on fucking YouTube, like mm-hmm. you can do this, which is crazy. I haven't done it yet again for aforementioned reasons yet, but I will. And uh, anyway, so the he got into he took a deep dive into the some of the remote viewing stuff and like how like you can it also they talk about in this that you can fucking time travel. So if it's non-local spatially, it's also non-local temporally, given how space time functions. I know it's crazy. I know it sounds too good to be true, but why not try it? Mm -hmm. Like, why not fucking see what happens for the. Uh, earlier conversation you literally have nothing to lose yeah right 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 absolutely so like and i guess this is just adding i guess in some i didn't think about it like this is i just showed it to you because i thought it was so crazy and amazing Mm -hmm. and it's like in these are cia documents this isn't bullshit this is the other thing about like the cia is so cool like that's the problem like yeah you know, like it's not it it feels like you know, like if you watch like a bad movie called uh Glitch in the Matrix, which I thought was gonna be much better because it was the guy who made a room 237, which is amazing. Um, but what's good about that document, quote unquote documentary, is that there's all these Philip K. Dick lectures that he um he he shows footage from, and Philip K. Dick was so I mean, Philip K. Dick is obviously I guess one of my heroes, Um, I, I, you know, I never thought about it like that, but like, like even fucking terrible movies based on Philip K. Dick stuff, like radio free, a a behemoth or whatever it's called um, is, is just a, it's so philosophically and politically rich because Mm -hmm. what Phil, the edge that Philip K. Dick caught is that you can, is that like, the paranoia about reality not being what it seems if you deployed in an intelligent way gives you much more insight into reality as such. And there's a pretty amazing uh, R. Crumb comic book that's free on the internet. I can't remember. It's called it's like Phil K. Dick's vision or something. Phil K. Dick had a newborn and he, he got, he would get these visions and he would communicate with this being called like Velas or something, or this force or something. And Philip K. Dick was told in one of these visions that his son had this very specific, like congenital uh, defect in his heart that they wouldn't be able to pick up until he died. Like he, it, it, they weren't going to be able to find it on scans unless they really looked for it. And so he takes the kid to the doctor 
the emergency room and he's trying to explain what's going on and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, long story short, they find out that he was right. Um, now this seems like, it seems like he's just literally a psychotic, like in this story, but you know, like I think like ever since I've done like microdosing psychedelics and definitely since I did a full mushroom trip, I realized that like some of the astrologers I listen to, it's like, Oh, they just have more DMT in their brain than I do. You know, like, because like, and I don't want to make this about astrology because that's a very contentious thing that I'm not even sure I believe it just seems to work some like grain of salt, but seems interesting. Right. Um, but spiritual quote unquote, spiritual people in the West are so terrible at talking about it. They all sound like morons. Like that's almost exclusively what happens. What's so good about the CIA declassified thing and like the real remote viewers like the stamp at the Stanford research Institute and Russell Targ and all these people, um, they, they give a more scientifically grounded version of how this is possible. And that's what's needed. That's what's needed under the reign of modernity, which is what we have and what we should continue to tarry with. But uh, like why I'm bringing this up is like, that seems to be what Philip K. Dick's part of his insight was about. It's somehow he was connected to something, this broader thing. And like the, the, again, the CIA declassified, videos can't recommend enough because another thing they talk about which is something that i've sort of had to come to this conclusion as a either lacanian but also just a materialist in general is like i think the only way we can account for conscious i thought about i've been thinking about this for a while so this is before all of this this is even when i was just thinking about how to design an ai properly the only way to really account for consciousness in a way that makes any sense is we have to think about it as something that's external to us and that seems stupid or something like that, like under the fake vulgar materialist reductionist version of neuroscience that we're forced to sort of swallow by uh, tech bros and like these shitty sci- quote unquote scientists is that it's just sort of this epiphenomenon that's a result of an overdeveloped brain. Uh, I go much the opposite way. Like there is that fantastic, uh, I think Chomsky quotes it. Um, where he was, he was asked about uh, post-structuralism and he's like, Oh, you know, I like, he somehow hasn't read any of it, but the, they're all, he's like, Lacan was a self-conscious charlatan. And what he meant by that, at least in the example he gave was uh, Marvin Minsky, who is this, who's a, one of the only AI people who's not a complete idiot. Unfortunately he died cause he's old, but um because he could, he, you know, he was pointing out that like you can, like some of the things the human brain can do, you can't really, you, you can't get a, like a computer with much more power is not even coming close to it. But he's all, he also figured out ways to kind of hack some of these ideas in, it, it, it gets very interesting. But um, the, supposedly at some conference, Minsky was talking about consciousness or subjectivity as being seated in the brain. And Lacan was like, that doesn't make any sense. He was like, if I, you know, if I, if I stub my toe, like it's basically like my consciousness is in my foot at that moment. And Minsky was like horrified at this. Like he thought Lacan was an idiot, but what I think, what I think Lacan understood. And that's why he would like fuck with these nerds like this is that, 
um, there's something about subjectivity that's always already external to us that like we're simply uh, and you, you have to be willing to read philosophy. You have to be willing to read Hegel. You have to be willing to abandon uh, scientific materialism as it's understood you know, in, in so far as it can account for everything. Like we have to basically be cheating all the time in order to keep consciousness seated in the brain. And even like somebody like Terrence McKenna talked about how, like what he saw humans is like basically antenna and like that we were receiving a signal and what psychedelics fundamentally do is they just allow us to receive a different signal. Um, and, and I think, think that that's pretty well borne out like in, in general like as a basic premise now you can argue about who what is the signal and where is it coming from and in order to go there with greer you got to get real deep and you got to watch a 10-part uh disclosure series on gaia which you can pirate on pirate bay don't pay for gaia um uh, on amazon or whatever but where greer talks about what he really gets into is this science of consciousness stuff. He says that that's the real key. Like the, even the zero point energy stuff, that's only the beginning. And that like these advanced civilizations, that's what they kind of tarry with is the science of consciousness. That's what they develop. And he describes in intimate detail, great detail, all the sort of levels of societies that develop when you get to higher and higher levels of consciousness. And this account, he's able then to account for something, which I think is very key like to sort of spoil the plot there a little bit is that like at a certain development of conscious, the level of consciousness and consciousness needs to be understood as external. And that's what they talk about in CIA declassified that it's not, we don't possess consciousness. It possesses us sort of thing. And humans are just this a functionally good antenna for that, for certain, you know, biological reasons probably contingent reasons which is you know hegelian lacanian whatever um but that like because this is the thing that always perplexed me it was like the idea that they're more advanced than us that's a kind of abstraction in a sense like what do you mean like is there a linear like do we just develop better and better spacecraft or get better and better physics and then we can just do this or like the bob lazar thing with element 151 um which he predicted its features before it was produced in a lab uh supposedly there's a piece of and, and supposedly he's able to do that because they had a solid piece of it which is impossible unless you have kind of complete like you it would probably i don't even know if trillions of dollars would allow us to produce this with our current levels of technology so that's always my question do we need a billion years of development or is something else going on and for greer basically like at a certain level of consciousness level is probably the wrong word but at a certain mastery of consciousness you can just start manipulating material reality and you can just manifest these craft and you can manifest them wherever you want so that would be more the arrival kind of version of events which i was always the most compelling one to me which is that at some level or it's like like they were like the interesting thing about that movie was like one of the many interesting things about that film was where they were discussing how um, they were trying to account for like how, like, first of all, the craft that they 
showed up in just materialized, right? Like they didn't fly here. It was just there. And there was no radioactive signature, no electromagnetic signature. It just seemed to be there. Okay. So it wasn't emitting anything. It just was there. And then when they tried to like pitch the aliens, like algebra and stuff, they couldn't under, they didn't understand it. But when they gave them really high level stuff, then they kind of could understand that, which is, so what they're saying is that the aliens were stupid. Like they, they just seem to have this ability to like, it was either like a reflexive thing where they could, you know, they could obviously travel through time or at least see mm-hmm. time differently mm-hmm. um, as a result of perhaps their biology, which in a sense is a reductionist version of this, but it's, it's at least explainable. But the more important thing is like when they resolved the issue, when Amy Adams sort of cracked the code and then talked to the Chinese dictator guy, like in averted global nuclear war or whatever was going to happen the aliens and there's they said like we're going to need your help in two thousand three thousand years or something mm-hmm. like that um they just evap they they dematerialized they were gone right so th- again if we're re- if we're willing to reject our standard assumptions about physics and what's possible which obviously we need to do that if we're going to survive anyway, uh, at some level, we're going to need to reject how we produce energy as a presupposition would probably then we need to maybe become more flexible in our thinking or more dynamic, at least in terms of what we imagine is possible. And if, if we can imagine time travel, or if we can imagine at least remote, even remote viewing, then we have to be able to imagine that the way things are manifest physically is not as rock solid and uh, dumb and boring as we treat it now. Like this is the thing about Hegel that um, the real breakthrough, I probably said this before, but the real breakthrough moment about Hegel for me came in like the sort of, I think it was like the intro to one of Zizek's essential Zizek books years ago where for Hegel, how I explained this in a seminar was uh, basically like the way that that when subject becomes substance and and vice versa, like what that means for Hegel is like, if I can imagine, so there was a time when uh so we're sitting here looking at computer monitors and talking across the internet using electricity right there was a time in human the in in the history of humanity a very long time where that wasn't possible we didn't know how to do that but we could imagine it and the, the imagining of it that makes manifest its possibility so but i want to be very clear i'm not saying this in an occult sense that like because you can think it it is so it's the opposite the fact that we can imagine it proves that it's possible because we inhabit the same space do you see what i'm saying like mm-hmm. the the idea is more important that that's why it's called german idealism even though it's not idealistic in the reductive marxist like critical so the way they Marxism sure. criticizes idealism, it's more that like our relationship to reality is sort of like we're always playing catch up to reality, even if we're p- 
piercing through to the next level, so to speak. If we're piercing through to a new <clears throat> reality, new yeah. realities can emerge. Like what did somebody, some tweet was like, um, just, I mean, it was like, they were like joking, but they're like, we didn't even know about tectonic plates until the sixties. And so if a kid would have said, Hey, it looks like South Africa, uh, South America and Africa fit together. The mom would have been like, Oh, that's nice, honey. Here, have a cigarette. Like the, in the, in the fifties or whatever. So like, our reality is constantly changing. Our understanding of what's right. in play is constantly changing. And like we said on the podcast, we didn't re- we didn't know this until mm-hmm. recently. But seventy five percent of all the organic matter by weight on planet Earth is underground, and we didn't even know it was there mm-hmm. until very recently. Yeah. So like, this is why. I mean, we need to break out of this paradigm because we can't survive it. That's the practical reason, but more to the point is like, we have no way of telling, we we have no way of determining a priori what's impossible or not. We have to go the other way. We have to just go as far as our minds can carry us. I mean, in Greer's case, he's all, he's grounding this in, in empirically verifiable things. Like if I teach you a, um, a methodology of remote viewing or whatever that's testable, but more importantly, if you can summon UFOs via this meditation, that proves they're there or something's there producing them that we can't explain with our normal physics um, or at least our kind of quote unquote common sense physics, even though Einstein is already, you know, like, or, well, and then I, I don't know if they talk about it here, but Niels Bohr said, you know, the number of minds in the universe is one. Mm-hmm. So like, Consciousness, again, is all re- always already external to yeah. us. That was understood in the 30s, like these theoretical physics physicists that have a lot. Okay, maybe look at it this way. If you want it very concrete, we wouldn't have this computational technology if quantum theory wasn't happening, if we couldn't demonstrate that. And the people behind that are, are already saying you can simply clip out of this reality by harmonizing to a different wavelength. Okay, then none of this is real. It's <laughs> not it. in the way. Yeah, just do it. None of this is real or limited in the way that we've been sort of impelled to think of it. Yeah. And I, I think that was part of my part of my response to the unacknowledged film, too, was I'm glad you brought up Arrival because I was going to do that. Like even before seeing um, that film, Arrival, and then unacknowledged, my my version, I've been evolving this for years, of what alien technology is like. And all, I mean, it's going to be like that where there's not a flying metal disc. It's just something, if they're that advanced, right. they're just going to appear. They can manipulate space time and here they are. Right. Right. And that's, and that's, and, and it's connected to consciousness, as you said, and all that. So, um, and that was, so that was part of my feeling with the unacknowledged thing and Stephen Greer's and like, I don't know anything about him or Bob Lazar really, but I feel like, oh, these guys are just boomers who, I mean, even if they're, right in a material right. level and i agree that they are and a lot of what they say is vital um they're coming from a different paradigm that i agree with you that we need to get past because it's way yeah. more interesting than that um and that gets to as you said the cia declassified stuff which again it, i mean those were great little videos um profoundly um i guess uh, inspiring and annoying because to your point it sounds like the boomers and the hippies were right. Like, and I don't want yeah. them to be right. And I don't no. want the CIA to be cool, but it obviously was because that's the kind of stuff I've been waiting for, for a long time to explore space, time, travel, consciousness in ways that don't require me to get in a spaceship and fly really fast. Like, and that's way more right. 
and that's great. And I, I mean, that's, I'm going to go check out those tapes, you know? Yeah, no, I, I agree. Yeah. Uh, um, the CIA being cool sucks because like, I think about like Alex Jones says all the time, like when he's, this was during the Trump era, you know, so I'm sure he's switched his perspective. Uh, well, maybe not, but like basically like, Oh, the CIA is full of leftists. Like that's like, that's a reactionary position, but in a sense, that's true. Like, um, even on true and on, they were talking about, they did this like three-parter history of NATO thing. And they were talking about Gladio, which is the, where the, the mafia and the CIA were like financing all these far right kind of like false flag attacks in Europe over like 50 years uh, to make sure the left didn't take over anywhere in Europe, like to discredit the left was the idea. Um. But Brace pointed out that like the original the OSS, which is the precursor of the CIA, was not like populated by this the CIA that as we think of it now. Like it was actually a bunch of Spanish Civil War veterans and people like that, which makes sense because the US was fighting the Nazis. So like doing the kind of trade crap. I mean, Sam Beckett, Samuel Beckett, like the you know, maybe the greatest writer of the 20th century, was a spy for the the British during World War II, and when asked about it, he's like, "Oh, that was just Boy Scout shit," you know, like it didn't. He, he didn't think it was worth talking about, but like, that's obviously a leftist. That's obviously someone who's a, you know, a modern, uh, uh, someone not a not reactionary, not uh, right wing, um, and an artist. So like, <clears throat> the I I thought about this too when I was watching like. Um, so there's this weird Canadian show about like the CIA running ops among these draft dodgers and like uh, radicals in the sixties during, you know, like trying to, there are sort of underground railroad to help people avoid the draft and then other stuff or whatever. So this under trying to infiltrate this underground. And it was basically about this kid who was in the effectively the Phoenix program, which is like the big CIA uh, overarching op in uh, in Vietnam, and like, so you you have a like like in some sense like the CIA are cool in the sense that they're trying to infiltrate the left, so they had to become cool. Okay, we can use that sort of vulgar definition, but more to the point, like also this USA show based on like Bor- the Bourne movies. Um, in the first episode, they're showing like this MK Ultra stuff, and like they're like, oh, you know, they're talking to a tape recorder or to a secretary, and it's like, okay, we've we've dosed this person with this much LSD and this much psilocybin, um, and then you go, now what the CIA was actually doing is fucking terrifying. Like, and we can get into this in another episode. I might have to bring Joe back kicking and screaming for this one, but there's this book called program to kill the politics of serial murder about, uh, by Dave McGowan who died mysteriously of, uh, extremely aggressive cancer in 2015. But he wrote this book using court cases and verified, you know, documentation, uh, showing that the CIA was ritually abusing children to intentionally create dissociative identity disorder and turn them into trained killers. And that 
basically all the serial killers that we know of had some connection to these programs one way or another. And that a lot of the way that the serial killers are presented is like, even like, Oh, they have this one type of person they kill, but then they leave out all the ones that don't fit with it. And a lot of them seem like contract hits. A lot of them seem like, um, like even murder weapons and stuff like the CIA trains people to kill with either 22 because to the head, because the bullet bounces around in there and liquefies their brain. And then it hits the side of the, when it loses velocity, it hits the internal wall of the skull. And then there's no ballistics to be had on it. So you can't match it to a gun or just weapons of opportunity. You know, you hit them with a lamp or a wrench or something you find where they, wherever they are And most of the serial killers. That's how they killed. And this book came out before the Tom O'Neill book about Charlie Manson making direct links to Charlie Manson and his, his, his prison doctor would just happen to be Jolly West, who was a CIA psychiatrist doing MK ultra and Charlie Manson kept getting let out of prison, even though he told them he's going to move to Mexico and shit. And just like someone was obviously pulling the plug, Charles Manson, who was also in boys town, boys town is like Disney world. It has its own fucking police force, its own zip code. It's own, like they're, basically outside of normal legal structures um and dave mcgowan so and apparently that that rant the spawn ranch where charlie manson the family were at that was more of a paramilitary site than just some old hollywood ranch where a bunch of hippies were fucking and sucking like crazy and killing people so like there's all this bananas shit like i mean if you just take the manson family case as such um how on earth did this like act this con artist trick all these people into murdering a bunch of famous people like that doesn't make like just on its face that doesn't make sense but we know from mk ultra stuff that like the the program the cia programs we know about like they were able to turn people into Manchurian candidates like that was claimed to not have happened but we we've the, you know they've produced enough documents and such that that's basically been demonstrated so <clears throat> um why am i why am i talking about all of this like the oh the, the cia being cool quote unquote like i'm i'm saying that like so what they're doing is a nightmare, a true nightmare in like at the depths of humanity. Like people like Sidney Gottlieb and Jolly West are people who truly terrify me. Like I know of monsters, you know, I know Hitler walked the earth. I know there's all these people in um, where is that? Uh, fucking Thailand or Sri Lanka or whatever, like who are just torturers who are now in power. Like all that shit is true and terrifying. But these monsters whose job it was to, to literally break people's minds and turn them into killers and torture them in ways that are almost unimaginable, like that's those are the devils of the earth. So they're not cool, obviously, but in the sense of like, it, it's almost like, and, and this is Dave McGowan got killed, it seems, let's say, uh, aggressive form of cancer after he came out with a book about Laurel Canyon, like the year after he came out with his book about Laurel Canyon, which ties all of these hippies to high level military people like Jim Morrison's dad was like a fucking vice admirable, admirable, admiral in the Navy. 
Um, the mamas and the papas had all these weird ties to Laurel Canyon and like Laurel Canyon was basically this op. Uh, it was, it was what predated hate Ashbury. So all this hippie shit came out of these, this place with all these ties to the intelligence community and the military. Um, and I haven't read his book on that, so I don't, I can't go into detail about how deep it goes, but like what I'm saying is the, I didn't want the hippies to be right either. And maybe the ones that were in the end, all that got all the actual stuff they were trying to do, like got obfuscated by this summer love horse shit. Like it's interesting when he was also Phil Oaks, Phil Oaks was run by the CIA. I mean, that's demonstrated. Like he had an alter ego where that was like, there's pictures of him and it's Phil Oaks. Wow. <laughs> like it's fucking nuts. But what I noticed is like all the people I hated from the sixties, like I actually don't, I don't fully hate Jim Morrison, but he's very annoying. So like, fair enough. But like the mamas and the papas, I always knew that was bullshit. Um, the birds, like all this bullshit, like true bullshit, California garb, the Eagles, all these people have ties to Laurel Canyon. Who doesn't have ties to Laurel Canyon? Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan was sort of like the, 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 the actual leftist radical and Phil Oaks was the guy who was run by the FBI. Um, and so like you, you have all, I mean, the, I mean, I was just like, watch some Chris Hedges thing about Paul Robeson. Paul Robeson was like, Paul Robeson was a communist, a real communist who fucking tried to bring the U S up on charges at the UN for genocide against African-Americans and in his life was destroyed by the FBI and CIA in, you know, systematically. Um, anyway, I'm, I'm sort of going around and around here. I'm just saying that like the, I'm trying to complicate what you're, what, what you said only because like how much of it was an op to begin with, like meaning maybe we hate the hippies because they made they made them so cartoonishly bad and reactionary intentionally. Right. So that whatever breakthroughs were happening uh, would be uh, funneled into this like stupid nightmare. But in reality, maybe they, they were stumbling on stuff that like we have yet to reckon with. So like if you get into conspiracy circles, they think they think LSD was all an op. Um, I think that's very short-sighted and insane. Um, I think that they couldn't, even if it was, even if that's what they were trying to do, it completely backfired. And if everyone dropped acid and then all of a sudden no one wanted to play ball anymore, which has been my experience. Right. Um, like when, even when I started microdosing, it was like, I don't even want to work at all anymore. And not, not out of depression. It was just like, what's the point of this? This is horrible. Like, it's almost like you see, <laughs> you see the horror of the situation more clearly is the problem, quote unquote problem with it. Um, and so like, th that's, that's something that, that sort of tension or whatever needs to be reckoned with. And, and we can certainly explore that more fully with other on the other topics as well integrated with this. But yeah, I agree. Like the, the boomers are wrong, of course, but maybe they, they were, they were right about stuff. They didn't realize they were right in the wrong direction. Um, it, it's kind of like the Freudian thing where, you know, in a dangerous method, which I guess some people don't like that movie. I think it's a, that's a, 
pro Freud movie, um, even though Fassbinder is amazing. But he says to uh, Jung, like he's like Jung's like wants answers. Right. And he's like, why? What about this and this? And Freud simply says. I've you know, I've 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 run a my ship has run aground and all I can tell you is that there's land. It's for younger men to figure out what all this means. So basically, like the discovery, the unearthing of psychoanalysis, the uh, the as Zizek calls it, the event of the emergence of psychoanalysis. That was Freud's like, that's what, you know, he was good for let's say um so maybe the hippies accidentally stumbled on some of these things it's for people of our generation to you know deploy this in a way that you know saves the world or changes things for the better because obviously the hippies failed at their task you know the fanon thing about uh, every generation has to you know discover their destiny and either succeed or fail at fulfilling it they obviously failed um and so <laughs> now it's for us to parse this out. And like, it's funny, like the, 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 the thing that's so depressing about boomers and so awful, one of the many things is beyond their like annoying proclivities and like cartoonish bullshit is these are the people who told us not to trust the system. But then if you, if you push so-called conspiracism on them, they think you're insane. And it's like, you're just narcissists. You just thought you were the solution. You personally, that's the problem. That's the real, that's the, and that's the real fucking psyop. The, the advertising industry is the real psyop because they were, you know, Hitler stole all his tricks from us, from American PR. Um, and, and those were like distorted Freudian insights, like that Freud was horrified by. So like, I should just, you know, sort of wrap up at that end of it by saying that, people in the conspiracy world are often misguided and stupid and they may they draw the wrong connections like they think that they would think that oh edward bernays was freud's nephew so therefore freud is like a piece of shit and is corrupted no it's the other way around bernays was too american and corrupted and freud saw what he was doing was terrified and wouldn't take any money for it i mean freud died in poverty he's not you know he was one of us there is a reason the Nazis, you know, tried to kill him, like uh, rated as, you know, all that. Anyway, uh, so I'm I'm saying be wary, obviously, of conspiracist people. Like you have to wade through this stuff, and you have to be critical, and you have to be skeptical. But also, don't miss the insights, even if they're wrong, at, at a you know practical level. Like sometimes they're on the right track. Like you said, with Greer, like he's still a boomer at the end of the day. Um, it's just how, how far can we get if we just apply this? And that, that is what I like about him is he is like Freud in that way. Or like, as Zizek said with Jesuits, they would sort of see themselves as like just the, all they have is a message. Maybe they don't even know what it's for or what it means, but they're just here to bring that message. And I think, uh, th that's what we should take away. Not that like we should believe this guy to the ends of the earth and that we should follow him or anything like that, but rather if there's land here and it needs, it needs uh, unearthing, then that's what we should be focused on.